Welcome to the Going Deeper Podcast. My name is Devin Blankenbiller, and uh, we just want to take time each week to learn how to be grounded in the Word of God. Uh, as many of you know, uh, contractors who build big buildings beyond just uh, concrete, uh, they dig deep down into the ground and they find bedrock. That's the, the rock that's deep in the earth below the, the clay and the gravel and the sand and the dirt. And they attach to that bedrock because they know that's solid. They know that that will not be moved. And so we want to do that each week as we get into God's word. We want to go deep into it so that we can attach ourselves to this word so that no matter what shakes around us, we know that we're on a firm foundation and uh, so if listen if you study God's word a lot we hope that this is a supplement to that we hope that this will help and encourage your growth if you're newer to uh, faith in Jesus Christ or you don't know how to read the Bible we also hope that this will help teach you how to get in God's word I don't know about you but I love to eat and when I see a fork or a spoon I get very excited and something also happens in me I get hungry at the same time and uh, listen, a fork and spoon is ne- I mean, a fork and a knife is needed because it helps. We we use them to help cut up um, our food. I, not too long ago, uh, I had to help my kids. Right, pick up the fork, pick up the knife, back and forth. You know, I used to teach them. I still find myself sometimes picking up their their utensils and cutting their food up for them so that they can eat and. Um, some the, the Bible's kind of like that. Sometimes we need to cut it up. You know, there there's some parts in the Bible, like First Samuel 17, for instance, which is the story of David and Goliath. It's really easy to read. I mean, it's like chewing on a bag of chips, right? You start going into a bag of chips, and before you know it, you're like, "How did I eat that whole entire bag?" Right? I mean, you start reading a story in the Bible. There's some areas it's just really easy to read, really easy to understand. There's other areas in the Bible. It's like steak. I mean, it's so uh, thick and uh, nutritious, though. It needs to be cut up into small pieces so that we can chew on it and we can really gain the nutrition from it. And uh, today, um, we're going to just be in John chapter 1, and we're just going to look at this for about 15 minutes or so. At the very end, there's some really great application that we want to speak to you in your life. So hang in there to the end, and we just have some really deep application for your life. Um, Verse 14 through 18 today in John 1, if you have your Bibles, you can read along with us. John 1, 14 through 18, it says this. It says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because He was before me. For from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So let's just break this up, this meaning. Let's just cut this up. We're going to pretty much focus on verse 14 today. And uh, it says in the very beginning, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John doesn't start the account of the life of Jesus at the start of his ministry or even at the start of his birth. He goes very further back, even before Genesis 1.1. In John 1.1, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. John uses this word to describe that Jesus 
always existed and was the word. He was the word that said, let there be light and there was light. He was the word that said, man shall not live by himself. It's not good. I will make him woman. And there was women. Uh, he was the word that spoke every living creature into existence. And in verse 14, it says, the word became flesh. Jesus stepped into humanity. Listen, there are many people who recognize that Jesus was God. There are many people, people who aren't Christians, many people who recognize, they believe that Jesus was a man who became a God. We believe that Jesus was God who became a man. This is what the Christmas celebration is all about, right? Christmas is not just about celebrating a baby who was born. Christmas is about God coming and dwelling with man, that light shined into a dark world. This word Emmanuel, which means God is now with us. So this word became flesh. Then it says, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father. Maybe, maybe when you hear of Jesus being God and coming from the beginning, maybe you struggle with that thought. Maybe there's doubt in your heart. Maybe you say, well, that's what the Bible says. How do I know that's true? And, and listen, thank you for your honesty. Maybe you think Jesus was just some lunatic with a group of followers and a whole bunch of crazy people. He was just another David Koresh or another Gandhi type figure that people rose up and made him into a God. But, but listen to what John says here. And, and here's John's argument. He says, we have seen him. We have seen his glory, right? That word seen comes from the Greek word that actually means to see with your eyes. He's not saying he saw something in a vision. He's not saying he saw something with the eye of his soul. He literally saw it with his own eyes. Peter saw it as well, right? In 2 Peter 1.16, Peter writes, For we did not follow some cleverly devised myths, when we made it known the, to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Listen, these disciples and others who lived in Jesus' day, they saw the glory with their own eyes, right? When was the last time you saw something glorious? Uh, the first thing that came to my mind, sports fans, uh, first thing that came to my mind was when um, 2016, I was laying up in bed by myself watching the NCAA championship uh, of the uh, March Madness tournament, Villanova taking on North Carolina. And uh, some of you know in that game, it came down to a last second buzzer beater three-point shot in which Villanova won and won the, the whole championship. And it was just one of those things it was so glorious. It was like I had to watch it again, and they replayed it over and over and over again. Every every news headline, right, played it again. It was glorious, right? We talked about it the next day. We posted on Facebook about it the next day. How about a movie, right, or a book maybe you read or saw, right, and you shared it with somebody else. You're like, hey, you got to check this out. Or maybe how about a sunrise, right? You see this amazing sunrise over the water. You take pictures. You Instagram it, right? You, you post it on Facebook because... It's glorious and you want to share it. Listen, the disciples and John saw something even more glorious than anything like those examples that I can share. They saw the glory of God, right? Through Jesus Christ. And they didn't just post about it. They didn't just replay it. They gave their entire lives to it. Listen, they were eyewitnesses when Jesus went up to the mountain and he transfigured and he just shined in the glory of God. And they heard a voice from heaven that said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. They saw Jesus do one miracle after another, after another, and people's lives changed, right? And they saw the glory of God. 
They saw Jesus who, even though he was innocent and lived a perfect life, they saw him, him freely give his life up as they, they captured him and they accused him and they beat him and they mocked him and they eventually crucified him and hung him on a cross in which he just proclaimed over them all, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They saw that glory. They saw the glory of Jesus when, when John ran to the tomb on that Sunday morning and the, and the tomb was empty and, and Jesus appeared to them in the room and showed his scars to Thomas. John was there. He was eyewitness of it all. And, and if that's not glorious enough, they were standing with Jesus on the Mount of Olives when Jesus ascended into heaven. They saw the glory of God, the glory as the only son from the Father. So here's my question. John, you saw the glory of Jesus, but what is it like? What did you actually see, right? I mean, how can you describe in detail or some words to describe the glory of Jesus after being with him all those years? Here's the answer. He said, we have seen the glory, the glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. He used these words to describe the glory of God, full of grace and full of truth. It's interesting because in our culture today, those words don't resonate or excite us too much, right? If it was said that Jesus was full of money and status or money and fame, right? He probably, people would probably be a lot more interested about reading about him, right? If it said he was full of Instagram and Facebook followers or, or YouTube, you know, had a YouTube following, maybe people would want to follow. If he was full of power and authority over people or kingdoms or rulers, maybe it would get our attention. But instead, he was full of grace and truth. But don't write this off because these are the two great things that the fallen man stands in need of. I just want to break these words down. We're just going to cut these words up a little bit. Grace and truth. Grace is the idea of something completely undeserved, something we could not earn or accomplish or achieve by ourselves. It's the reality of God coming to earth to live and to die for men and women who either were completely wicked or completely prideful and religious, right? We didn't deserve it. It was a pure act of love of God coming to earth. I love what William Barclay says. He says, the word grace emphasizes at the same time our helpless poverty and God's limitless kindness, right? There's this beauty in grace, right? I mean, just to even think of someone who's helping someone stranded on the side of the road, right? And when you see it, you're like, wow, look at that person. They're, they're helping them out. There's something nice and beautiful in it. Think about a firefighter who, who, who comes and saves someone from a burning building, right? And, and the re truth is many fire departments, they're volunteer. They don't get paid. They, they're not paid by our taxes, even some, some of these fire departments. And yet out of grace that we did nothing to receive that, they come and they help and they save. I mean, even think about the beauty of sharing gifts, right? So you give someone a gift or you receive, wait, I didn't give you anything. I know I got you a gift. There's something beautiful about it. And Jesus didn't come in the fullness of his power. I thank God Jesus didn't come in the fullness of his wrath. Jesus came in the fullness of grace. And the fact that we are people who all have been defiant against the almighty God, yet he shines the sun uh, on us every day, right? And casts his word into our lives. It is is grace. The other word that's used here is the fullness of his truth, right? What is truth? That's what Pontius Pilate actually asked Jesus in 18. Ah, what is truth, right? People ask that a lot in our culture. Oh, there's no purpose for truth. 
But let me tell you, without God, no one can really understand the meaning of truth. There is no moral truth or no moral code without God. Your actions, our actions are only judged either by our feelings or by the outcome, right? The ends just justify the means. However, that's not how it is with truth. We aren't judged by an outcome. We are judged by what we know to be right. You can do the right and the true thing. It doesn't always mean you have the best outcome. Isn't that true, right? I mean, can you imagine at work, you, you stand up for something true, you say, hey, I can't lie, your boss, yes, you lie, said, I can't do that because I know that that's not true, I know that's not right, you lose your job, right? That wasn't a good outcome, but you still did what you knew to be right and true. Listen, Jesus embodied truth. If you fast forward to John 14, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, right? Everything Jesus said was truth. Right? I mean, Jesus said, Lazarus, um, come out. And Lazarus rose again and came out. Right? Jesus said, stand and walk. And the man stood and walked. He embodied truth. He communicated truth. John 8, he says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. He communicated truth for us. And we can abide in that truth. Right? His word was spoken to us. And not only did he communicate, but that truth brings freedom. He said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, right? There's some sort of freedom that comes when we, when we know what really is true in our lives. Even when we hear bad news, at least it's true. There's something free that, that, that's unlocked in our lives. I know the truth. I know the way. I know what can happen, right? I mean, some of us, we don't like to hear a bad a diagnosis from the doctor, but at least it's true and we can get the right remedy. Like, I don't like to hear the truth that if I drink 10 or 15 cups of coffee every day, my teeth are going to get stained. But guess what? There's truth behind that, right? If I, if I smoke cigarettes and I smoke three packs a day, I'm probably going to have lung disease, emphysema, COPD, or, or lung cancer, right? There's truth behind those things. Let us know the truth so that it can set us free right? Here's the problem. Truth, many people resent truth. Many people, they don't want any part of truth. That's why they sought out and killed Jesus, because Jesus came and spoke truth. Many people shut their ears, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear the truth. I don't want to hear what's right or wrong. I just want to ignore it so I can do whatever makes me feel good. Listen, let me tell you this, though. Even if truth is ignored, it's still truth. You can kill the messenger of truth, but truth still remains. And uh, as we hear that Jesus was full of grace and truth, listen, look down to verse 16 and 17. It says in verse 16, it says, For from his fullness we've received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It says from his fullness, right, from the overflow of who Jesus is, the character of God, we receive grace upon grace upon grace. Listen, I woke up this morning and I took my first conscious breath. It was grace. Listen, sun shined in my window this morning. It was another grace upon grace. Listen, my organs all worked properly this morning. It was grace. My, my stomach said I was hungry, so I had to eat. Grace, right? Listen, God loved me today before I did one thing. Grace. I have strength to do what God asked me to do at my workplace. Grace, right? right? I have favor at work. Grace, right? I have friends in my life. Grace. I mean, it's just grace upon grace upon grace. We take that grace into our life, but can we also take the truth into our life as well? 
Can we not run from it? Can we say, God, speak your truth? I don't want to bury my head in the sand. I want to know how I should live. I want to know what I'm doing well. I want to know what I'm not doing well. If I'm doing well as a husband, tell me. If I'm not doing well as a husband, let me hear that, God, so that I can live as you called me to do. Find that balance between grace and truth. So here's the final application that I, I want to give to us. We're just diving into who Jesus is and his glory and his grace and truth. But here's our application. If we want to be like Jesus, if we want to come and see Jesus and then say, Jesus, help me to live like you, we are going to live our lives full of grace and truth. What does that mean? We're going to have grace for people, right? We're going to live and we're going to give to people who don't deserve it. We're going to forgive those who don't say they're sorry or don't feel or act sorry. We're going to bless those who curse us. We're going to serve people who are never going to give back into our lives. We're going to live with grace. But we are also going to speak the truth, right? In love and in respect, we will not be ashamed to speak what is right and what is wrong, right? Not our standards, but what God says is right and wrong. What is truth and what is a lie, right? So sometimes we're forgiving and we're gracious with people, but it doesn't mean we don't ignore the truth. It doesn't mean we, we're not, we have to hide and, and not call out, hey, what you might have done, it was wrong and it did hurt, or this is what is going to happen if you keep living your life this way. We speak the truth. And for some people, when we speak that truth, it's going to bring freedom. For some people, when we speak truth, it's going to bring healing into the life. For some people, when we speak truth, they will resent us and hate us for it. We still love them back, but we should never run away from truth. Listen, Jesus called us to be peacemakers, right? We want to be peacemakers. Listen, being a peacemaker doesn't mean we don't speak up and say, hey, you're, you're hurting my life right now and we can't continue to do this. It doesn't mean we, we shrink back and just ignore the bad things that are happening around us. We can be peacemakers and we can speak truth at the exact same time time. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to start today by applying grace and truth to yourself. What do I mean by that? Apply this grace and truth to your own life. There's so many people, including you who are listening today, that maybe you're carrying guilt in your life. Maybe you're really hard on yourself. Maybe you don't like who you are, right? Can I just ask you, receive God's grace. Forgive yourself. Love yourself. Let yourself be healed from the past. Look at who Jesus is, full of grace, and receive that grace for yourself. And when you receive that grace for yourself, you can also receive the truth that Jesus wants to speak in to your life. God, how am I doing? What is your word saying to me about my relationships, about my marriage, about my kids, or about my parents? or about my ministry, or about my job, about my future, Jesus, just speak your truth into my life because I want both your grace and your truth. Let me close in prayer. Jesus, I thank you just for your word. And I thank you that it's bedrock for our souls. Someone spoke into my life today. And uh, I just pray that we would just apply this in everything we do, that you truly would fill us, Lord, that you would overflow into us your grace and your truth, and that as it fills our lives up, we would overflow with your grace and your truth. So I just bless every single listener here today. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Listen, thanks so much for being part of this Going Deeper podcast. If this encourage you in any way, please just take time to share this. Please take time to subscribe to YouTube or the, any pod, your favorite podcast app. Just spread the word uh, how this might help others in your life. So thanks so much for being a part.